0: You're listening to the Coaching Cast podcast with Susie and Lisa. We are super lucky to have this seventh season sponsored by our friend and YouTube's top breath coach, Mike Mayer from Take a Deep Breath. Mike is the first official sponsor of this podcast and specializes in reducing stress and anxiety through practical, fun, and science based breathing techniques. You can get started for free by clicking on the link in the show notes and downloading a free guided audio breathing exercise from Mike. Say goodbye to stress and hello to a more relaxed and chilled state of mind. And if you're interested in being a sponsor on this podcast, you can contact us by emailing hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. Hi, I'm Lisa.
1: And I'm Susie and this is The Coaching Cast. We are the no-nonsense podcast, chatting about the things impacting you at work right now, helping you to survive and thrive in today's ever-changing workplace.
0: We discuss different topics each episode, sharing our ideas, hints and top tips from our experiences of working in the corporate world, running our own businesses and also being qualified coaches. We also try to have a few laughs along the way because taking yourself too seriously is just boring. We hope you enjoy listening. In today's episode, we're talking about delegation, why it's important in order for us to thrive at work, why we often find it difficult to do and just let go, how this can negatively impact others and how we can do it better. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into today's topic on delegation, Suze, how have you been? Oh well, I've got the leg. <clears throat> so
1: the leg um, I've got the leg. Yeah, I've not been very well for a week now. It's quite annoying. Um so hopefully my voice is gonna hold
0: out for this episode. <laughs> well, it can make it very interesting. Get yeah. some special, get some special effects going. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, listen on CBBs to see if my voice
1: uh, lasts. Um so yeah, not not been feeling tip top, shall we say? Um, but I'm here, I'm uh present, hopefully. My voice holds up and uh, yeah, we uh, I can add and contribute to this episode. But yeah, I've been feeling a bit unwell, which is annoying. Do you find when you don't feel very well, when you feel into the weather, it's just more annoying than anything?
0: Yes, I find it inc- extremely inconvenient. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a good sick person. I don't like my life being put on hold and not feeling able to do the things I do day to day. So I get really, really angry and frustrated. Yeah. And yeah. I can even get to the stage where I don't cry very often. Not that I'm critiquing crying. I think it's very valid to cry and very freeing. But it's usually the only time I cry is when I feel ill. And it's because I'm so frustrated I cry, which Mm -hmm. is more often the reason why I cry about anything. It's because I'm frustrated and I feel angry. I don't feel like I can express my emotions in an articulate way. So I just cry out of sheer annoyance. And so, yeah, I cry when I'm sick because I'm annoyed I'm sick. (laughs) So I might try that this afternoon, like just get all the all the frustration, get all the frustration out. Yeah, have a good cry. cry. Depending on what you're sick with, (laughs) clearly, if you've got a cold, it's really gross if you cry as well. I mean, Mm. like you need any more snot in your life, and then there's just loads of it. It's like it's pouring out of everywhere. (laughs) so it's pretty great I know it's and it's gross. my birthday tomorrow as I well. know it's Susie's birthday <laughs> tomorrow everybody we need to will her better um I mean obviously if you're listening to this episode depending on when you listen to it by tomorrow we're referring to um what's the date tomorrow Susie? this is terrible the oh Wednesday the of 8th Feb- of February February Wednesday the 8th of February so yes obviously by the time you listen to this episode <laughs> be beyond the 8th of February but it will be <laughs> an update on how Susie's birthday actually yeah. turned out hopefully because we good. all know I haven't got a good track record of birth for birthday. no gosh let's try and keep it um, out of the hospital this year
1: yeah so last year was okay but the year before when we just launched the coaching cast I spent my birthday in hospital yes <laughs>
0: that was a pretty bad time with your
1: erupted appendix <laughs> with the erupted appendix which will legendary live on yes um, so yeah, fingers crossed I can kind of pull it together for tomorrow. Yeah, for ten.
0: But don't you know, don't yeah. don't don't worry about the voice for today's recording because <laughs> you know you're only human and it happens to the best of us. Did you not see yes. over the weekend with the Six Nations coverage, Hugo Monier struggling no. with his hiccups? He no, had severe this. hiccups all the way through the did he? <laughs> yeah, and he was leading the discussion about the match. I can't remember which match it was, whether it was Saturday or Sundays. I'm assuming he was commentating on the england scotland game first game of the six nations well not first game first game for us of the six nations tournament that happened at the beginning of february and he had really bad hiccups all the way through <laughs> which i thought was brilliant yeah just hiccuped constantly oh wow because i suppose it's one of these things when you're a professional you can't i would have just been like ugo just hold your breath swallow while holding your nose but he obviously didn't have time to do that so yeah, well, when you're a professional, I'm not sure we, we
1: hit that um, audio oh. broadcasting level yet of being hey. a professional, <laughs> <Come on>. although <laughs> At- we are, like I've realised last night, because um, I was doing an Instagram post, so we are on Instagram as well, if you didn't know this and you're yep. to At the coaching cast, anyone who's keen mm-hmm. to go check us out on on Instagram. Yeah, so it was our birthday, wasn't it, as well, yes. as being my birthday tomorrow, but it was also the podcast's birthday, yeah, so yes. we're now two years
0: old. I know, so, isn't so... that mad? Two years. Gosh. Crazy. And did you know
1: we've done 63 episodes? I
0: did think we must be over 50 by now. Because we celebrated our 50th episode in season. Was that season five, wouldn't it? It would have been season five, when we had a lovely collection of RCBs join us. So I was thinking yeah. we must have gone over 60 by now. So yeah, I'm glad you're keeping track of the stats as always, rather than me. <laughs> That's your strong point, not mine.
1: <laughs> um <laughs>
0: I just show <laughs> up every week and hope for the best.
1: Well, so do I, to be honest. Um, but we've done that for 63 episodes now. Yay. So uh, Happy so second 60, birthday to us.
0: 65 by the time this goes out, actually. Excellent.
1: So, Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Check us so, out. Birthdays
0: all round.
1: Yes, birthdays, all, birthdays round. all round. Yeah. yeah. Happy
0: birthday to us and happy birthday to you for tomorrow. Whatever that may look like. Hopefully you'll feel better. <laughs> Hopefully you'll feel better. Well, so today I am... Um, I've been to the yoga class this morning that I've uh, started attending. Yes, I am a cliche. <laughs> that, that is me. Um, I managed to... Shoulder- what do you mean? Well, you know, it's like, oh, I'm a coach. I currently live in South Africa, spend time on the beach, go to yoga twice a week. You know, it's like a cliche thing. I feel like, you know, if you're a coach, I mean, I am a coach who's really passionate about well-being. So it's not that it's disingenuous, but it does feel a cliche that I'm like, and then I do yoga. But there we go. <laughs> um, I'm not particularly good at it. I just enjoy it. But last Friday, at the in my yoga session, I did a shoulder stand for the first time oh, ever. Oh, fancy! And honestly, I was impressed with myself. I'm still not quite sure how I did it because I couldn't do it again today. And I, I, um, I was really disappointed. So I felt like I'd enjoyed the yoga session and then couldn't do the sh- shoulder stand at the end. And the rest of the class, by the way, could. Unbelievable. Oh. And we oh. were like. I was lying on the floor with my legs in the air. It's very embarrassing. I look like a bug, you know, like those bugs that can't get up, they get on their back and they are just like rolling around. I look like that. And, um, my yoga teacher, I spoke to her afterwards and, and she said, yes, I could see you were very disappointed in yourself that you can do that <laughs> the shoulder stand today while everyone else could do it. Um, but it's not a competition. You're not in competition with anyone else in the room. You're in no. competition with yourself. And as my lovely yoga teacher always says she's like you've just got to go with the body and what the body wants to do and some days it wants to do things and other days it doesn't so today it really let me down so I've fallen out with the body today honestly <laughs> somehow I found the strength to do it on Friday today no not at all well, i, I am mean, falling out strength with my body as well so <laughs> strength had disappeared so yeah I was really quite disappointed about that mm. I'm still thinking maybe I should just give it another go off oh, maybe I should try again after this podcast but at the same time, I can. I'm I mean, that screams injury incoming to me. Unsupervised, not warmed up. No, probably not a good idea. I'm, gonna, I'm booked on to do yoga again tomorrow because I feel like I'm not going to be defeated this week. So I'm going to try again <laughs> in the morning.
1: <laughs> what about if you try it during this podcast
0: episode? Especially oh, yeah. if my voice goes. Be, well, if we need other material, if, exactly. things, get, if things get desperate, then uh, I'll try and do it. I don't really know how that's going to translate over the audio. <laughs> You're just going to hear loads of like, as I strained to try and get into it God. and think what, what is going on on the coaching car? Something has gone terribly wrong here. <laughs> right. On that note, things are getting desperate already. Should we get on with the topic? I know we've got a lot to talk about with the topic today. So this is going to be a good one. Cause actually I don't think you and I've actually really covered this in depth before, which feels quite surprising considering this is now season seven. And as you quite rightly put it, to be probably episode 65 and we haven't yet done a full topic just about delegation so this is this is this wow. is going to be good this is interesting today is the day so let's today go today let's go one of the most important and hardest lessons to learn when you become a leader is this the transition from doing to delegating People who can't delegate often find themselves overwhelmed, overworked, frustrated, and exhausted. Worse, you can experience burnout very quickly. Why is this difficult to do for so many of us? The answer is often the need to control and perceiving there to be greater instant value and gratification in just rolling up your sleeves over empowering others to do it. For many... Delegating feels more like hard work than just doing it yourself. Neil Strauss, author of 10 New York Times bestsellers and fellow podcaster, states everything has to be taken care of, but you don't have to take care of everything. I really like that from Neil. So true. So, Suze, what is your experience and relationship with delegation? Well,
1: um, my husband might say that I'm very comfortable with delegation. <laughs>
0: hey, Steve, I think
1: that's me. Um, and actually, if my dad's listening to this, he would probably agree as well. Um, Martin, I... Martin thinks you're a good delegator as
0: well, doesn't he?
1: I love a good delegation. I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and pretend that I find it really hard because I don't. <laughs> um, I find it quite straightforward to do. I always ha- have. Um. <clears throat> so my relationship. Your, what's your tri- what's your trick? What's
0: your what's your what's your what's the word? What's your gift in this then? What why do you think you find that so easy?
1: I think. Um. So when I did think about this. Um. As kind of prep for today, I. I think. I'm very comfortable with knowing what I'm good at and what I'm not very good at. Mm. And that's through some hard lessons, (laughs) (laughs) some experiences, um, and also, you know, just um, knowing where I add value and where I don't. So for example, just taking out of the work context, like I am the most unpractical person ever. I'm awful at any form of like DIY, If you asked me to put together some flat pack furniture, as an example, my brain just doesn't work in that way. I would just be sat there looking at it for like hours, just staring. I wouldn't even know where to start, even though Mm -hmm. I might have like instructions, as an example. Whereas going back to what we're talking about in the intro, ask me to analyse some of the numbers associated with the podcast, for example, like we were talking about before you know, that's where my strengths are, I can do some of that, I can think about what the trends are, what's, um, some of the themes coming out, like, that's what I'm kind of good at, um, and I know how to kind of add value in that space, um, so anything DIY related or putting flat pack furniture together, I'm like, dad, or I'm like, Steve, my husband, (laughs) can you please help me, (laughs) um, so, Uh, I suppose I'm just very comfortable knowing myself and knowing where I can add value. And I think um, sometimes that is a bit rare. I'm not saying, I don't know if everybody's in that place where they're like, yeah, I I know where I add value. I know where I don't. Um, And I'm comfortable with kind of being like, I'm not very good at this and actually so I don't need to control it to prove Mm. to myself that I can do it I'm just like no I can't do it
0: (laughs) yeah I think (laughs) yeah I think that's such I think that's such a key point in this actually which is that recognition and acceptance of what you're good at and what you're not I think there's an element of accepting that you're you're not necessarily going to be good at everything and other people are going to be better at things than you and that's okay and I know I definitely learned that lesson the hard way and it. I actually think it took me a long time to learn it as well because I have always tried to be great at everything. I've always got very frustrated when I'm not and in some of the environments I've worked in especially that actually wasn't Accepted or supported. And so I was always pushed in respect of my personal development to be better at things. And they were usually the things that I wasn't good at and I didn't even like. And Mm -hmm. so I always felt like I was trying to take on every task, especially those that I was not the right person for, because the environment was dictating that that was what I should be doing for my own growth irrelevant as to actually what I wanted to grow and develop in yeah and at the detriment to the success of that and then also to the detriment of the team around me who actually their skills especially in that in the in the particular area I'm talking about were not being utilized because I was so focused on doing it myself so I think that part around really understanding being so aware and being comfortable and accepting of your strengths and your challenges is so crucial to this to then know what are the things I'm going to own because I actually am the right person to own them and I would really like to and what the things actually are much better suited to those around me whose skill sets and interests play into this so I think that's so key like so key I also think it's that I think I was slow to learn it because I felt at time, well, possibly in hindsight, I was in a very traditional like management culture where I think for too long, the attitude was the manager was responsible for everything. And there was a lot of that. And because I do take my responsibilities really seriously, um, I think I at times just misunderstood what that actually was and what that meant. And so I felt like I should be doing everything because that's what a manager did. And which yeah. is just, you know, it's not true. And I talk all the time about how that's not true.
1: <laughs> I think there's that agile saying, isn't there as well, which is like, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. And yes, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, well, mm, no, actually like my view on that is that I don't agree with that. Yeah. And, I think that's harder to, to transition and move away from actually when you're working in a business where it has grown or been just one person who's, who's started that business and they then have to step away from the doing to that more leading. And part of that is delegation because you can't just do it all. There there isn't enough time to do every single thing. And also there's no point like bringing people in and paying them to do a job if you're just going to then do it for them. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah.
0: And it's so demotivating and demoralizing and it's just not the way to build a team, but you're, you're totally right. I mean, I've seen that a lot in like larger corporate companies. You know, I know a time when I was brought in to do a a very senior role, actually, uh, that was paying a senior wage And yeah, I was quite heavily micromanaged in the first six months, which meant that I was essentially asking to have things delegated to me that I knew I could do. And that I felt was in my responsibility to do, but the, my senior leader just wasn't releasing it. And I got to the point where I was like, what is the point of me being here? Like, why are you paying me this money? Like I'm embarrassed that you're paying me all this money because I I'm not actually able to do the job. So this is a waste all round and you look knackered. So like, I was just like, I can do more, you know? Yeah. So it, it is that kind of, it's so inefficient, but yes, it, I do think you see it very commonly in businesses that are, have grown from being a single founder to a team. Yeah. And then, being so used to doing everything for so long, potentially, to then suddenly having a team around them who they just can't release to. And I think that is a huge control piece where it was mine, I started it, I am the business, potentially even your customers seeing you as the business. And it's that I need to step back, I need to let go so that this can actually continue to grow successfully and I don't suffocate it. (laughs) but i do yeah. think a lot of um founders really struggle with that it's often the reason why startups fail because they 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 grow so quick but they don't create the structure to support it yeah 100% um uh, so when do you say like <laughs> no you carry on carry on okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> i was going to say I, I feel like i um have experienced that as well so in working with some people who are like founders um who i coach actually i've experienced them being like i know i need to let go of some stuff but i just can't bring my when it actually comes to it i just can't bring myself mm. to let it go and to delegate it to that person and and that really does come back to i think what we said at the start around that kind of control element of wanting just to kind of control Mm. some of that as much as possible um but it is really really tricky and actually I'm just thinking about it because you know my business is growing and hopefully I'll get to a point where I might need to bring some people in to help me and actually how would I feel about it because it I have literally grown it from scratch I've built Mm. it from scratch yeah so how would I feel in that situation? Probably feel something similar. Even though I'm saying yeah. at the start, yeah, yeah. I've got a good relationship delegation. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> off you go. <laughs> would
0: I in that situation? I don't know. So yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. See, I I think because I I've had experiences both sides, I think I know when I started to delegate more, engage and involve people more around me, utilize their skills and celebrate and recognize them in doing so that's when I think I involved I evolved the most as a manager and then into a leader of people and I started to really see the benefits of doing it um not just in terms of how I felt and the pressure it took off me but the the reward I got seeing other people around me enjoying their jobs more growing more contributing more like the whole team just you know really acted so much more effectively and it felt like a team because everyone was pulling their weight and and contributing rather than it being so so heavily weighted to any one particular person or me for that matter Mm. and I think you know I do think the culture you're in is so key to this and obviously if you're a founder I think you do have to think about this in terms of the culture you want to create because I had some great role models of this and it was those that I think I utilized to teach me a different way and to act more like and got some good feedback as well around, if you tried this more, you would be able to do this and they would be able to grow as well because you're challenging them and you're all growing together. And I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) that does. But I I think there is the emotional connection to whatever you're doing that stops you from letting go there is that control element and but i think i can do it better or the concern of but will they do it in the way that i want which i do think at times you do have to let go of because actually your way may not be the only way and that is okay and you do have to get over your ego to recognize that that's what helps with the inclusivity and the that's when creativity really flies because you're involving loads of different people's ideas and techniques and styles so it's only a benefit actually um and i i I think it's also that whole trust piece as well, isn't it? I think to delegate means trusting other people. So, you know, that phrase that you said, I think it's a load of tosh. So, and for me, that just screams, I don't trust anybody. Yeah, agreed. Um, and again, I think if, if that's the case, if there's no trust, if if you don't feel able to trust those around you to de- to delegate, what else is that absence of trust doing to the team? Because that's not great. That that says there's other problems going on as well. So, yeah, it is an interesting one. So wh- when do you think it's appropriate to delegate? And when do you think it's not? Do you think there's the flip <laughs> side? Because I know we're talking about we should delegate more and, you know, there's loads of benefits to delegating. But is there a time when you don't delegate? Well, you could
1: say, going back to my DIY example, like, Susie, you need to learn some of those skills and, and kind of get your brain into that place where you can tackle some of these tasks like putting some furniture together or building something
0: but well, especially like, if Steve's like seriously Susie I don't have the time and I can't be bothered <laughs> and maybe I don't want to do this because I'm no good at DIY either <laughs> maybe that's when you delegate because Steve is literally getting ready to walk out <laughs> so you know you could argue in that point
1: <clears throat> if you are Steve you could argue <laughs> Susie you need to like learn these skills you need to you know continue to grow and develop as a person and I'm you know we're coaches so we're big advocates of continuing to grow and develop
0: <laughs> maybe the not in the skills, there,
1: yeah <laughs> um so you know going back to that example I sh- maybe you know should put myself in a situation where I need to do that and I need to learn it for myself rather than just being like I can't do this I'm just going to delegate it to somebody else who can so I think there are situations where you do just need to check I think In with yourself and with the other person around actually, what is the intent? What is the objective behind me delegating this? Am I delegating this because I just can't be bothered and this is not something that I want to do? And so I'm just passing it off. Mm. Or actually, am I delegating this because it's going to benefit the other person in the sense of actually they, it'll help them grow and develop their skills and actually they've got capacity and the workload to kind of do this and they're going to enjoy it. So you've got to check yourself, I think, yeah. around what is the objective and the intent behind it and then see kind of where you get to. Um, it, I think when you've got someone there who's literally like, this is what I know, this is what I'm really good at, this is um where my expertise lies, I enjoy it, I get energy from it, I'm really passionate about it, you know, and they're literally kind of chomping at the bit to kind of support and help then yeah, you delegate 100% because you can learn stuff from them. like yeah. And and it's a two-way conversation and it's not just about passing stuff off. It's about that two-way conversation and, and that dialogue and that adult-to-adult conversation. Um, But when you don't delegate, in my experience, is when you know that that person is perhaps already at capacity, isn't going to get enjoyment and fulfillment from whatever it is that you're going to ask them to do. And it's not going to build trust. It's not going to build engagement. It's not going to, you know, encourage creativity. It's just because something needs to be done. Like that's when you really need to ask yourself, like, can I just do this? and Kind of
0: protect those around me as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So I think we've talked about this a little bit already, but just to give it some further focus what stops us from delegating and why so
1: in my experience in taking
0: it back into a work context
1: I think the fear of failure plays quite a big part in this that fear of it not going right and that fear of it not being perfect Mm. talked about perfectionism in previous episodes yeah but I think that does run through a lot of our thinking around why we don't delegate something because we don't want it to not be successful. We don't want it to fail. Um, and so we hold it back. We hold ourselves back. I think, well, I'll do it then because I know that it'll be done right. It will be done to the, to the standard and to the level that it needs to be done in order to be successful or to be yeah. achieved or whatever it might be. Um, <clears throat> but actually it's about like thinking does that, does that service like how, does that give us service in a positive way by by doing that yeah and the control element as well I mean we've we have touched upon it but you know that control of n- being in charge of knowing you know the ins and outs knowing that certain things have been checked or certain processes have been followed or certain actions have been complete Um, it all then recenters back on ourselves rather than thinking about actually the broader picture and thinking about other people. So I think what stops us delegating is that we become, we start really focusing in on on our own fears, our own um, need for control, our own kind of um, being scared of failure. Like that's our own beliefs and our own judgments. And that's what holds us back. We actually hold ourselves back in that situation.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, I think as well, it's that there's an element of, we do not hold value to the process of delegation in the first place to then support ourselves to do it. So we're too focused in on the task and the here and now. And the, I think, I think we get too fixated on just getting it done. Like, I think there are a lot of people out there who don't delegate because they are obsessed with lists and getting stuff ticked off and they base and if you like structure their whole day and productivity around that, which means they just crack on with every task as quickly as they can in the way that they think works best for them. And then that way they can shut the book at the end of the day and go, I did all these things. But it's so narrow that what they miss is all the benefits and the wider, the wider picture of what could have happened if they chose to delegate certain things, both for the themselves and for the team and and everyone else. So I think it's a a misdirection of prioritization.
1: Yeah. And again, it's about themselves, isn't it? Yeah. It's about their fulfillment of being able to close that book every, at the end of every working day and be like, oh, this is what I did. This is what, you know, I've achieved. And don't get me wrong, there's absolutely a, an element of that. that. That is, there is an importance in being able to show your performance and your delivery. Of course, there is. <clears throat> but I, I think it, to your point, it's bigger than that. It's wider than that. Um, in order to kind of, yeah get the best result that you possibly can is about how do you involve others if if yeah. you, especially if you don't have that skill set so again going back to my DIY example my skill set
0: is literally zero like I have no skills oh that is such a load of rubbish what are you talking about you've got no skills no in
1: the DIY example oh the DIY
0: example I yeah I just said no skills no.
1: I was like no that's not true no <laughs> no in the DIY example I literally like honestly I feel like I need to you need to film me putting some flat pack furniture together well it could be entertaining it could else. be very entertaining I will just sit there on the floor and be like I don't know how like what But like, my brain will just melt down and that will be it and it'll shut down um so you know yeah that is where I absolutely need to uh I'm not scared of that failure right there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but I think this is when it comes down to I do think there's a difference between saying I have the skills, I don't have the skills and I enjoy doing that. And I don't, you know, I know people who don't have the skills, but they enjoy doing it. So they give it a crack anyway. Yeah. That's different. The things I avoid doing is not necessarily because I don't have the skills. I also don't enjoy doing them. So in a work context, there are always going to be those scenarios where unfortunately it's a bit tough shit because it's a part of your job. So I do think there are times when you have to accept that if they are part of your role, if the, if it is part of your role and responsibility and it really is something you, sh- you should be doing because of that, then get on and do it and perhaps not always delegate it. Because I do think that's where you can then start to really undermine your reputation and the perception of you within your team because... Yeah, and the trust. Yes, because you'll be seen as that person who's like, ugh he always palms that part of his job off and that's how it gets viewed. So I do think look, there's always a balance with all these things, but I think you have to be careful with things like that, which is why it's right, as you said, to just check in on yourself and go, why am I delegating this? And should I be delegating it? Or actually, is it my turn to do this? Because quite rightly to your point, the team is focused on other things. Uh, And actually me now palming this up, palming this off me delegating this to somebody else is a distraction away from what I th- actually is a priority or actually I've already delegated to them something. So I need to just be careful to then not overwhelm them or confuse what is important to be done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think that's correct. So on that note then, what are your top tips for delegating better? Well, I think building off that last point
1: then, like not everything can be and should be delegated. Yeah. So I think it's about you know checking in with yourself around the intent behind that delegation and the objective behind it but also if if you find this really difficult to do when you're listening to this now and you're thinking like I get it Susie and Lisa what you said but in practice I find this really challenging how do I even like do it I would say start small yeah so Start small, so just think about a few small things that maybe don't have massive consequences and practice letting go of those things to others and delegating them and empowering other people to focus on them so that you start to build an awareness for yourself around perhaps what can be delegated, but also you start to build an awareness for yourself around the impact of that and hopefully creating a positive impact. So that then you can perhaps move on to something that's um perhaps a little bit more sizable that you delegate. So start small um, and practice letting go. That's my kind of first top yep. tip. Cool. I think the other thing as well <clears throat> is we touched upon it before, but just like looking at people's strengths and playing to them and utilizing them to, to help. Um, and thinking about actually how does that complement me and my skill set but also how does that complement me in terms of what I enjoy doing to your point and Mm. what I don't enjoy doing um but with the caveat that we're not just passing stuff off here like that's not what we're recommending but having a two-way conversation with that person or that team around the objective behind that delegation and what their thoughts on it so yeah just looking at others strengths and thinking about how you might be able to utilize them yes and then finally the other top tip I'd say is it's a bit more intangible but if you do delegate then just kind of be patient and allow people the time and the space to focus in on something without perhaps like constant interruption or constant checking in on them or making them feel a bit smothered or getting involved like resist that temptation to get involved like just be patient and and kind of see where they get to and then you know praise them if they've done a great job thank them um and just think about how you like keep that communication alive as well so yeah just thinking about I think how you've got to then kind of Hold yourself accountable once you've delegated.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So they would be my top tips. Fabulous. I think if you've got an issue with doing this, I love the start small if this is tricky. I also think if you know that you struggle to let go and it's related to any concerns as to how it's going to be done and, you know, potentially around that, knowing that you have a standard or an expectation. I would share the standards and expectations with the person you've delegated to. You know, really engage them to understand what what it is you're looking for. Not to the point where you dictate exactly what they do. That's what I'm saying. But set some expectations as to what you believe good would look like. And then give them, like Susie said, the space and the time to then achieve that and see what they come up with. But at the end of the day, that means there's an element there of knowing I've shared with them what I'm looking for. So you're giving them some direction, you've given them a bit of structure. And therefore, that just may be able to give you a bit of a sense as to, well, a bit of comfort knowing. I've done that so now I can step away it's also really helpful for the other person I might add <laughs> yeah uh, and a lot more efficient because at least that way you're getting closer to getting it right together rather than going around again when you know potentially they've not delivered what you wanted
1: yeah absolutely and my other top tip is never to give me any flat pack furniture to put together.
0: no flat pack furniture for Susie <laughs> <laughs> It's
1: now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which, quite frankly, make us cringe. Our Bullshit Bingo for today's episode came from one of our followers on LinkedIn, and it is self-starter. Lisa, thoughts on this one?
0: (laughs) Oh, i have to it when I first heard it I thought is that a bullshit bingo?" that's that's all right isn't it self-starter but then the more I thought about it the more I'm sure I've heard this flung around as though it's a, a real compliment when someone is like essentially just not supported very well <laughs> so <laughs> oh she's such a self-starter and then I think well that that sort of person over there looks like she's really struggling and she's trying her best and she's juggling loads of things and yeah she's getting celebrated for probably carving out a hell of a lot of opportunity for herself but Probably shouldn't have done because she's just not being helped. (laughs) But I don't know if that's me misinterpreting (laughs) what it means, but yeah. I do think women get referred to as self-starters. I don't think I don't know that maybe that's just me, but as in like to say, oh, she's such a self-starter. There's something a bit like derogatory or demeaning about it. Or (laughs) this might just be me. (laughs) I just think it's very
1: it's very like bullshitting like what does that mean like I'm again because I'm just so literal I'm just like what like this this is just too waffly it's too like what does that mean a self starter like you're just capable just yeah just doing what I'm doing type
0: thing anyway I don't know
1: but yeah it came in as a bullshit bingo so that's a debate in itself yes this a bullshit bingo
0: well, yeah, interesting if one of the followers on LinkedIn decided that it was. I wonder if, oh, yeah, I'd like to understand a bit more about what context they've heard it in, whether it's similar to me. But as I said, I do feel like it's kind of used as a bit of a fob-off. <laughs> and I'm like, they're just capable. Capable, <laughs> do a good job. Yeah. Is this another one I feel like I might need to Google it while we're on the pod? Because I <laughs> did I have to Google last week? Oh, I did headwind. Because yeah. that is actually Googled. a thing, a headwind.
1: We've Googled, like, the last three or four, I think.
0: Although self-starter um, also makes me think of bread. But that's just a starter, isn't it? You get a starter for if you bake bread. You know, people have jars of, like, starters that are, like, 100 years old or something that are, are like, amazing for making bread, like the best starters you've ever seen. I'm sure they Are they? <laughs> I think so. What?! <laughs> I've got no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Self-starter. So this is the Cambridge Dictionary. Uh, it's a person who's able to work effectively without regularly needing to be told what to do. Yeah, so I mean, like, essentially... You can operate on your own without a manager because the management here is absent or crap. <laughs> so you're capable. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, you're capable. Um, so, but there we go. Now let me talk about starters in the context of bread, because I'm sure I'm not talking nonsense here. I'm not a baker, I just love bread. <laughs> so I'm so lost. Yeah, so like... sourdough starter, for example. A sourdough starter is how we cultivate the wild yeast in a form that we can use for baking. There you go. I mean, I haven't got a clue what that involves, but how do you make a bread starter? Do you know what I'm going to say something controversial here? I don't actually like
1: sourdough very
0: much. What? Who are you? Get off this podcast! I know you don't like sourdough. Sourdough is epic. Oh my god! What is wrong with sourdough? Why don't you like sourdough? Too crunchy. Oh, you've just had some terrible sourdoughs. I mean, don't get me wrong; it does have quite a crust, but I quite like that. But I think it sounds like you've had some terrible sourdoughs. I've got a cracking sourdough down my neck of the woods in the UK. Next time you come down to uh, Cheltenham, we should go to visit my favourite coffee shop, UE Coffee. They have the most amazing sourdough from Sourdough Revolution, who are based in... Um... Oh, what's it called? I've completely forgotten the name. It of a anyone in the cotswolds send us a message if you hear this i've completely forgot what the place is called i've only been away for a couple of weeks and already i can't remember (laughs) where i live (laughs) anyway i think i think you're missing out anyway on that bombshell i think we should move on so that susie doesn't like sourdough seriously whatever next (laughs) this is more concerning than (laughs) self-starter We are coming to the end of today's episode where we've discussed how to delegate better at work and learn the shocking truth that Susie doesn't like Saturday. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just not over this. Right, here it is. Here's the whiteboard, the white the whiteboard of wisdom. The whiteboard of wisdom. So today our tips and recommendations for you are number one, not everything should be delegated. So When you're considering delegating an item of work, really think about your intent behind doing it. What are the benefits to the other person who you're going to delegate to? And equally, I would argue, what are the benefits to you too? But ensure that they're balanced and it's the right action. Number two, if you are struggling with this notion of delegating and you know it's something that you find very difficult, start small. So think about the small things you can start to delegate that you feel comfortable to let go of. Number three, really play to individual strengths and passions and delegate tasks to them that really support those for their own enjoyment. You know, really use the strengths that you've got in your team. That makes so much sense to ensure that the task gets done really well, but actually the team is operating at its most efficient. Number four, consider the broader long-term benefits of delegation. So, Try and get out of the here and now and just doing stuff, getting stuff done, because it's about the bigger long term picture. Think about the development of the team, those individuals as well as the team itself, and really trying to build an efficient team that works with you. And number five, give space and time to those individuals that you've delegated to. So don't give away stuff and then just sit on them sit on their shoulder overlooking everything that they do because that's going to destroy any benefits of delegating because that's a waste of both your time so give them the space and if you're really concerned about the piece of what you've delegated really help the person to deliver what's required by setting your expectations and the standards as you delegate so some other things to help you this week other than the tips we've got our self-coaching questions as well So the questions are, number one, what are the tasks which you believe only you can do? Because that will help you to identify actually what are the other tasks left behind that you could delegate. It could also help you to really challenge yourself as to whether it really is only you that can do those things. Number two, where is the greatest investment of your time? So really think about that in terms of helping you to prioritize and then again, letting go. Number three, what are the benefits of you delegating? So what are the benefits to those that you manage and also yourself? And number four, consider what three things you could delegate this week. Don't worry if you can't remember all of these. So the tips and the questions, all of these will be on our Instagram page across the rest of this week, and that is at The Coaching Cast, if you haven't found us already. We
1: hope you've enjoyed today's episode and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourself. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we love to hear from you. And you can contact us in three ways on email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk on Instagram, as Lisa said, at The Coaching Cast. And finally, you can contact us through our website too, which is thecoachingcast.co.uk where you can also find all of our episodes, a little bio on all of our guests, and also our top tips worksheet, which we've got for every single season we've done. So there's six worksheets on there. It's free for you to download. And that is a summary of all of our top tips from every episode we've ever done. 63, I think, uh, is included within those as we yep. mentioned before. That is so correct. yeah, check it out. It's a free resource for you all to download and help you.
0: Your support helps more than you know. So if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us grow this podcast and join our CBB community, then leave us a review on the Apple podcast app. You have no idea how important these are. Hit subscribe wherever you listen and give us a follow on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast, which is where, as we've already said, we regularly post tips and behind the scenes hilarity. Well, (laughs) well, we find it funny, know. Don't forget, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel. Again, you search using the coaching cast. If you don't know what this podcast is called by now, I really do question whether you've listened. Finally, we both love music and we use it to motivate and energize us. So we'd like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting. Now, For this particular season, I have really selected a random choice of tracks, which for those of you who listen regularly will probably think that's the same as every season. But I really do think I've gone eclectic this time. So to start with, my first recommendation for this season is Shake Your Groove Thing by Peaches and Herb. It is a tune. I feel like I've only just recently rediscovered this. Anyway, I love it. It is but a tune. It's so good, isn't it? Yes. I wish we could play it. Obviously I would do. Licensing reasons and <sighs> not being able to afford any of those sorts of things. We're not able to. But yes, it is such a tune. So thanks for listening. Go stick that track on. And remember, CBBS, you've got this.